smelling corridor. So, Solderburn was taking the piss, but not in the way Ross had previously believed. This was the kind of prank that explained why the guy had ended up working here in Stirling, rather than winning a Nobel Prize. He must have slid some kind of false wall into place outside the scanning room. Ross walked forward, stepping lightly, because he suspected Solderburn's practical joke had some way to go before it reached the payoff stage. He looked left and right along the passageway. All right, so maybe it was time to revise the practical joke hypothesis. There was a dead end to the left, where the way was blocked by three huge pipes that emerged from the ceiling and descended through a floor constructed of metal grills on top of concrete, into which sluice channels were etched in parallel. There was a regulator dial on the rightmost tube, sitting above a wheel for controlling the flow. A sign next to it warned, Do not mess with valve. It was a redundant warning in Ross's case. He wasn't going near it. Even from a few yards away, he could feel the vibration of flow in the pipes, indicating that enormous volumes of fluid must be passing through the vessels. It sounded like enough to power a small hydroelectric station. Even Solderburn couldn't fake up something like that. In the other direction, the corridor went on at least twice the length of the lab, condensation beating its walls. He could hear non-syncopated pounding, its low echo suggesting something powerful and resonant that was being dampened by thick walls. This thought prompted him to glance at the ceiling, which mostly comprised live rock, occasionally masked off by black panels insulating lines of thick cable. He began to make his way along the corridor. Light was provided by strips running horizontally along the walls, roughly two feet above head height. Ross assumed them to be inset, but if so, it was a hell of a neat job. They looked like they could be peeled right off and stuck wherever they were required. There was another light source farther ahead, a dim blue-green glow coming from behind a glass panel set high in the wall on the left. The corridor trembled following a particularly resonant boom from somewhere above. Ross could feel the metal grates rattle from it, the air disturbed by a pulse of movement. It felt warm, like the sudden gust of heat when somebody has just opened an oven door. There was still no rhythm, no pattern to the sounds, and yet Ross found something about them familiar. As he approached the panel, He could see a play of coloured light behind the glass, constant but fluid, as though there might be a team of welders on the other side of it. Please, he thought, let there be a team of welders on the other side. Hairy arse welders with bottles of iron brew and Monday morning hangovers, toting oxyacetylene torches and forehead-slappingly obvious explanations for what was going on. Perhaps he had ended up at one of the factories on the estate somehow. The panel was high, so Ross had to stand close and stretch to get a look through the glass. As soon as he did, he caught a glimpse of someone on the other side and promptly threw himself back down low, out of sight. It wasn't a welder. Or if it was, it was one who had utterly lost it at some point and started grafting stuff to his own face. In his startlement and panicked attempt to hide... Ross tumbled backwards to the deck 
a collapse that felt less painful, but sounded altogether more clangingly metallic than he was expecting. If the hideous creature behind the wall hadn't seen him as he peered through the glass a moment ago, then he had surely heard him now. He had to get moving, and hope there was more than one way out of this corridor. It might be prejudiced to assume that the man he had seen meant him any harm purely on the basis of his unfortunate appearance, but it was difficult to imagine anybody with a penchant for soldering things to his coupon being an entirely calm and balanced individual. Besides, Ross's alarm hadn't been inspired purely by the fact that the guy would have a bastard of a time getting his face through airport security. It was a look Ross had briefly glimpsed in that nightmarish visage's eyes. Wild, frantic, unhinged, and most crucially, searching. It was as he uncrumpled himself from a heap on the floor that he discovered any...